It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at threepointpod. The fellows will get in rolling right after this from our partners. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. It's time for episode 269 of Three Point Podcast, presented by Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center and Sky Mint Cannabis. I'm Ted. I'm right here in mid-Michigan. Matt is at his home base in North Carolina. And the young buck, Jared, checking in from the Motor City. Well, our sponsor, Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center, it's uh, just a great spot to go. Included with your membership is use of the locker rooms, private showers, steam room, sauna, lap pool, and so much more. Also included is use of the SkyTrack. And if you're a youngster, stay on top of your game with a student membership. Get three months at a flat rate of 150 bucks. Start anytime, no enrollment fee. For more details, follow and like them on Facebook at Memorial Wellness Center or get more info online at memorialhealthcare.org. Also, Sky Mint Cannabis Farm to Stash, grown right here in the Great Lakes State. Over 20 locations and counting in Michigan, including their new store in Traverse City. Check out the Reserve, fantastic profiles. And for more details, if you're over 21, go online at skymint.com. Sign up for the rewards program. Also, we want to thank our local partners. They include AZ Printing Solutions, CR Auctions, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, the patio now open, and uh, it's that time of year to head on out to Rivals, and also Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. They save you big money on home loans. Well, we're going to be checking in with the Bauer Boys of Corona, Tarek and Wyatt, part of the Cavalier State Championship track team, and they also have some... uh, big-time football aspirations coming up this fall. But uh, let's start, as we always do, a little catch-up. Well, uh, I have it's, it's, it's a little bit of a special announcement. I went to my first MLB game uh, in a long, long time. Ted, I know what you're thinking. We went to a game last year. Uh, what I would say about that is I was pretty buzzing by the time we even got <laughs> to the game. And if you remember right, the Tigers gave up like six runs in the first inning. The entire crowd cleared out. And then there was a rain delay. And it rained, yeah. That, that, that's almost like a, that's null and void. It's not a fair review of the MLB product. Mm-hmm. So I went to the game on Sunday. It was 1130 start. Uh, I'll be honest. Uh, my parents called me before. I went with, my, with both my parents. They called me uh, at about 11 a.m. And I was on my way to Meyer, and they said, uh, are you going to be there for the game at 1130? I said, what? I thought it was a one o'clock game. So I realized, <laughs> so I missed the first couple innings, uh, but I did make it for the, for the bottom seven. The Tigers did end up losing. Uh, don't need to remind me on that. Here's my <laughs> review. Here's my problem. And Ted, I'm honestly, I have a problem with you for not noticing this because this is, this is me doing your job. The Hard to believe you have a problem with me. Hard to believe. <laughs> the constant stimulus at these games, it, it's unbelievable, man. 
every two seconds they are blaring music <laughs> they are. there are people dancing there's the scoreboard going crazy there's the walk-up music there's the in-between pitch music there's there's the chanting there's the clapping there's the adam's theme song snapping it's it's the worst thing i've ever been to man it's too much <laughs> i've been to nba games and nba games are similar but they're nowhere near to the level of what i saw yesterday at the tigers game you can't really even watch the game you're more drawn to the scoreboard than you are to the actual play on the field and and maybe i'm crazy i think i'm wrong i think i'm in the wrong here i think people love the whole energy and the music jolts and dancing and getting on the scoreboard at least for what i saw everyone and their mother was going nuts when they did the dance cam the simba cam all that sort of thing but I like baseball like it was in the 1920s, man. I like it where, you know, there's buzz cuts, you know, there's no numbers on the jerseys, and there's no music. You got to have the walk-up music. I I appreciate that. I love hearing the guys' walk-up songs. But outside of that, I mean, oh, my God. I I was, like, going nuts. I just – I don't know. I felt like I was in, like, a movie or a simulation, and I was, like, about to explode. It just so much. It's nonstop, man. Ted, how did you – not not notice this i mean is it because you're so used to the tv and you're like you're always kind of in stimulus where you're, you're studying for the pod you're watching tv taking notes for it what what was it it just was too much for me man well, well it's fun it's funny you bring it up jared uh i didn't really think about it but i am one of these people one of these kind of uh, people that i gotta have background noise you know mm-hmm. i mean i don't i can't i have a hard time working in complete silence and you bring up a good point because they do blast the hell out of you when you're at the ball ballpark in fact in the seats we were at we had a speaker right up above us man and that thing was just blasting us the whole time but i didn't think too much about it you know but since you brought it up it's it's a fair point uh yeah. but you want to go back to the 20s where <laughs> no pitch clock or what <laughs> I mean, those games still still went quick, man. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, thought about it, I, I was just – it just took me aback. Like, when I imagine baseball, I'm like, oh, yeah. you're just there with the sights and sounds, the ball hitting the glove, the, the crack of the bat. Right. And it's not like that at all. No. Yeah, I mean, it, I'll, I'll be honest. I was a little flabbergasted at your take here because I, I figured <laughs> – That's a hot one. You know, I didn't know if you would love the concert atmosphere of a baseball game now, but – you know, you're, you're all about speeding the game up and some of the new rules. So I'm kind of surprised that that's the, the angle that you took. Sometimes it is a bit much. Obviously, they're trying to keep the fans engaged and make it a fun, right. you know, event for the for the, the fans. It, it Sometimes it does seem to be a, too, a bit too much with the, the cameras in the crowd all the time, the dancing mascots and all that stuff going on, the music, like you said. It, you know, baseball is just supposed to be like a – not necessarily a gentleman's game, you know, like golf, but, you know, a little bit like that. America's pastime, you know, just a pure sport that is baseball. But, you know, it's inter- it's entertainment. They got to play some music and, you know, make it fun for the kids and everything. So, yeah. especially when the product on the field isn't very good, they got to do yeah. something to make it fun. Well, I know that's the funny is like my mom, not the biggest base. She loved the scoreboard, man. She was watching it almost <laughs> the entire time. I'm all about the in between innings, give us those trivia moments. Give us the interviews with the people in the crowd, the corn bag, you know, yeah. competitions. Uh, with the walk-up batters, give us the song then. You know, strikeout, give us some pop sound effects. Home run, give us the music blaring, the, the the tiger growl. But in between every pitch, and the ones that annoy me are like when it's like clap, clap on beat, the <laughs> oh, yeah. And they do that every batter. And they do that. They do the, the Adams Family snapping, as I mentioned. It's just I can't believe it. Yeah, I think I'm like it's my first time feeling like I'm just the old guy in the crowd because when I say everybody else is loving it, everybody else is loving it. 
but I, it's just not for me. Yeah. It, it, it's come a long ways in that regard from when I started watching baseball at the old Tiger Stadium. I mean, you, you basically had the PA announcer and that was it, right? And you had some organ music. And <laughs> that was it. Yeah. But uh, I think they've gone a little bit overboard too, frankly, now that you mention it. I mean, it, yeah. it, it could be toned down some to what they're doing. It What they're doing right now, and maybe, maybe it, it is the way they have to go to keep interest because it, to me, it seems like it's, it's minor league baseball, you know, right. minor league baseball. They've been doing that forever, you know, yeah. all, all kinds of gimmicks in between innings, all that stuff. But maybe that's the time we're in, you know? Yeah. Minor league baseball has even like gimmicky food and, you know, like you see the Savannah bananas. I don't know right. if you guys have seen clips of them. I mean, that that's like a completely different. Yeah. League. Don't even but, get anyone on that, man. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I almost feel like, you know, that stuff should be reserved for minor leagues where you pay 10, 15, 20 bucks to get in. You know, it, it almost is just like a carnival atmosphere, almost major leagues, you know, maybe they, they've gone too far, but they've got to do something to keep it fun. If you want people to keep coming back to the park for a team, that's going to win 60 games, you know, you got to do something right. to make it fun. But Here's a question. Why, why the 1130 start? It yeah, was that was Peacock. Uh, yeah. Peacock standalone game at 1130. The rest of the games don't start until 1:30 on Sunday. It was awesome. Oh, it was yeah. awesome, man. Out of the park by two. It's right up your alley, Ted. You might need to look ahead on the schedule and circle all these for the. For yeah, the absolutely. Year. I do uh, like that. Yeah, 11:30 start. Like I said, I missed it. Missed my alarm, you could say. <laughs> um, but yeah, all in all, it, I, 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 there's nothing like going to a baseball game, man. Overall, a positive experience. I don't want to bash it and say, like, you know, don't go to a baseball game. I honestly think I'm in the minority. You guys are somewhat in agreement with me, but not all the way. But I, I, people are having fun. And yeah. at the end of the day, I can't hate on that too much. It just mm – -hmm. if it was my perfect Jared world, it wouldn't be like that. But I understand yeah. that I'm – it's not It's not my bubble. You know, I'm not the I'm not the sun. It, the world doesn't revolve around me. <laughs> That's how I would do it is I would just have it 1920s style, man. The 11.30 start, too. I wonder if that's the um... – the TV production employee coming out in you too, because over the weekend we were doing a super regional one, the one out in Oregon and ours wasn't too bad. They were like six, eight o'clock starts, but you know, there's some because they're on the West coast. It's like 10 o'clock Eastern, nine o'clock Eastern, because you know, the time difference. And we, you know, we say all the time, why not get these going at nine, 10 in the morning, you know, like just have the kids wake up. They don't want to be up late playing either. The fans don't want to be there till midnight, one in the morning. The production crew definitely doesn't want to be there. So yeah. yeah, get up, you know, get warmed up and just get this game in before the weather starts coming in and all that kind of stuff. I've, I've always thought, you know, maybe it's an old, maybe I'm getting older or something like that, but wake up and play. Yeah. Amen. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm a, I, I love baseball and that college baseball can drag on a little bit, can it? I mean, oh, it really yeah. can. Yeah, but a, couple some... of, a couple of our games went over four hours and geez uh, Louise, man, that drags. That's tough. That's well, tough. I, am I crazy? I, I just realized this weekend that college baseball games are nine innings. My whole life, I thought they were seven. Is that something Ooh. that recently changed or has that always been the case? It's, it's been yeah. a while. It's always, it's always been the case. Softball, All obviously, right. is softball is seven innings, um, but baseball, they use the pitch clock still. Uh, college baseball, but I don't know if I've said it on here before. The managers over manage mm -hmm. so much. Oregon in, in one of the last games used 10 pitchers. And it's just like, it's just insane. The amount of mound visits and the amount of, they, they get multiple reviews and they use all the reviews. And 
it just drags on. College baseball is sometimes for all the excitement and the action and the bat flips and the trash talk and all the stuff. It's kind of a tough watch, <laughs> you know. It's, um, it's just a long game. Some there's every once in a while, and I'm glad we're talking about college baseball because I forgot that I made a mental to of this. There's so every once in a while you see a story that's perfectly made for dead. Uh, I want your opinion on this. You too, Matt. I'm not sure if you work this game. But Stanford's uh, Quinn Matthews threw a career high 156 oh. pitches in a win against Texas this uh, a, a couple days ago uh, in the World Series. Ted, it, a lot of people are kind of getting mad at this manager, and they're saying that this basically what they did, they did to this kid and having him pitch that many pitches was you know basically he should be jailed for it. Uh, <laughs> wh- where do you stand on that? Because I know you looking back at your you know quote unquote golden generation, that was just another day uh, in in the summertime playing ball. Yeah, I mean, I saw that, and I, I, I kind of scratched my head on that. I thought, you know, well, first of all, I have to say, these kids aren't programmed to throw that many pitches, you know. Right. I mean, I did think that was a bit excessive, no matter what. But he's probably going to be okay, you know. I, I think he'll be fine. But, yeah, it was a little bit out there. I could see where the uh, the uproar is. As far as I'm concerned, though, I mean, it is what it is. It, it's a little surprising. What What round of the playoffs were they in? The super regionals. Super so, regional. Yeah. Before so they, they had to move, the, they had to win that game to move on. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, I think he, he, he started in their first game and then pitched again on two days rest and oh. then pitched that game, 156 pitches. So Ooh, that's it a seems bit more a bit excessive. excessive. <laughs> you know, he's probably whatever, I don't know, 19, 20 years old. So, you know, obviously in, in good shape. But you just wonder if it's going to catch up to him. You see, like Casey Mize yeah. is kind of dealing with this in his pro career. He threw so much at Auburn in college. You wonder if that kind of caught up with him in the pros. So, you know, if it, if it's a one-off that he threw 150 pitches, you know, probably fine. Right. But, you know, does you it, just wonder if it's going to catch up to him. Does it change your guys' opinion if, from what I'm reading right now, it sounds like he basically was like he wanted to do this. It sounds like he could have been a, a MLB draft pick last year, came back, wanted to make it to Omaha. If he said, you know, if he told his manager, don't take me out, no matter what, like I'm finishing this game, I'm winning us this game. Does that change your opinion? Or is it the manager's job, no matter what, to come and get him and take him out, you know, once he reaches whatever the pitch limit might be? Well, it's the manager's job to decide one way or the other. I mean, the, yeah. the, I don't think any pitcher really is going to say, yeah, take me out, coach. You right. know? So it's up to the manager. But as far as the pitch count goes, I guess he he has to play it by ear. It does seem a little bit, like I said, that definitely seems excessive, what you said, Matt, leading up to it. So, I yeah. don't know. That's- yeah, I mean, like you said, Ted, no pitcher is ever going to say take me out unless they're hurt, maybe. Right. Yeah, every pitcher, you see them slam the ball down when they get taken <laughs> right. out and stuff. Um, I think the other I, – I think of Johan Santana. You know, mm-hmm. he, he was a good pitcher for the Twins and then the Mets for a while in the major leagues. He threw a no-hitter. I actually, I, I edited the highlight for – it was the yeah. first – First no-hitter highlight I ever edited for SportsCenter was Johan Santana. But he threw something crazy like 160 pitches because it was going to be his first no-hitter. Right. I'm pretty sure it was the Mets' first no-hitter, too. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, and he was never the same after that. Literally, he was never the same. Uh, he's, he was on the injured reserve the rest of his career, basically, and never the same. Obviously, different circumstances. But you just wonder, you know, if that, like, kind of to Ted's point, that's the manager's job to be like, Hey man, I know you want to finish this, but you're at you're at 125 pitches right now. Like let's let's go to our bullpen and try and save your arm. But this is apples to oranges. But 
it is true what you're saying. Pitchers will not tell them. They'll never admit they want to come out. <laughs> I remember uh, back my very last year, I played baseball. My dad tells a story. Basically, I didn't get touched all year as a pitcher. I'm not like that's not me being cocky. I really didn't. I just like it was just I was that good. <laughs> I was. I mean, I matured before everybody else, so I was throwing heat <laughs> nobody could keep up with. Anyway, we go all the way to the championship, and I was pitching well. Uh, kind of lost my head a little bit. There's a pop fly hit right up to the pitcher's mound. And I dropped it. And I was, you know, as, as a sixth grader, mental, like you're living and dying on every pitch, especially championship game, you really feel like I just lost it. Then you start walking everybody around the bases. And probably who knows how long this went on for. It felt like an eternity. Finally, my dad finally came, comes. He was our manager. Comes and takes me out. And I say to him, what took you so long? And he still asks about that every every now and then. So it's true, man. No matter whether you're a fifth grade or you're – play pitching for the college world series you will never tell your manager to, to take me out you're yep. just you're just steaming at your dad as you're throwing ball four ball four ball four you're like take me out what are you doing you know when you don't got it man and that was i was it was one or two i was either going to strike out every batter i saw or walk every batter there was no in between <laughs> oh good stuff oh by the way going back full circle real quick i i think you saw it i was at the uh cleveland guardians red sox game and i've been at that ballpark before I forgot how how great it is. It's a it's cool just park. a gorgeous stadium, man. I give that three point zero out of three point zero. That's surprising to me because it doesn't seem like there's much to it. What is it that you liked about it? Well, they had one thing I like the left field. They got a big tall wall in left yeah. field, and they got vertical bleachers in left field below the scoreboard. That's kind of cool. It's kind of a modified thing on Fenway. It's it's kind of a compact ballpark. They got they had a couple different levels on the uh, right field side. And then they got kind of a right field uh, grandstand, kind of like they did at Tiger Stadium. It's just, it's just a neat setup, man. I, I can't be more impressed. It was fun. It was, yeah. it really was. Yeah, I've been there a few times too, and that, that's always my was, was always my takeaway that it was a newer ballpark, mm-hmm. but it didn't feel like they were trying to be. You know, they kept some of the like old classic stuff, maybe. Yeah. You know, it, it's new and it's nice. It's also cool how it's right downtown, similar to Detroit. It's it's right next to where the Cavaliers play. It is. Um, you know, you you can walk to you know bars or restaurants or whatever right right downtown Cleveland. So, I always thought it was a cool place to watch a game too. Yeah, you know, and our hotel was right down at uh, by the football field. You know, down by the lake. It's walkable, very walkable. You know, it's like nine ten blocks, but it was a quick quick walk, and uh, just enjoyed it. So, like I said, that's a three point zero. On the uh, stadium grading system. Man, you guys are just, you're triggering every word in your brain is triggering something I need to ask you guys about. Let Maybe last thing before we move on to our, you know, okay. our Power Brothers. All right. Cleveland, you're talking about the Browns. They just unveiled their brand new dog logo today. And let <laughs> me just be the first one to say it. I freaking hate it. I hate it, man. I understand that their old logo it. was boring, like just the football helmet. Right. But it was classic. And that's what I always appreciated about the Browns. The Browns, their their colors are horrible. Their jerseys are horrible, but they're tradition. And for that reason, I, it kind of makes it cool. I absolutely hate that they oh, yeah. from there to this new dog logo. What, am I alone on that? Nope, nope. I'm looking at it right now. I, I hadn't seen it. I yeah, haven't seen it yet either. This this is not something the Browns should do. We all know the dog pound and all that stuff with them, but you don't need to make your logo after it. I love the just brown logo or brown helmet and the yeah. brown jerseys. I thought that was classic. 
Yeah, I, they really, and I mean, even the elf is an awesome, awesome mascot. As the little brownie, it's a brownie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but the one thing I do appreciate about the new logo is that the bulldog has like a football helmet stripe through the middle of his forehead, which is funny to me. But no, <laughs> I, I just I hate changing tradition. If the Detroit Tigers ever, you know, I know they went through their phases back in the days where they would go away from the English D. I don't think they ever are going to again. No. But that's the day hell uh, hell would freeze over if they ever transitioned away from the old English D. And I think that's exactly what Cleveland did by getting rid of that old football helmet. Yeah. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, they got the dog pound, but what's that got to do with the Cleveland Browns? Right. That, that's about as dumb as I've ever heard. And that's going to be on their helmet. No, I don't know if it's on their helmet. I just oh, think it's just their, their official their, logo. Their new logo. Oh, their okay. Logo. Okay. Well, I could tell. I'm sure they'll probably have some alternates, you know, with it or something yeah, right. like that. But Oh, well, time goes on. Well, speaking of time goes on, we're going to talk about uh, Corona football and have a little chat with Tarek and Wyatt Bauer, the Bauer boys, coming up next right here on Three Point Podcast. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. All right, next up on the podcast, uh, a couple of uh, great athletes over at Corona High School. Just finished up their junior year, finished it in style with a track state championship. We have the Bauer boys, Wyatt and Tarek. The left Bauer on my on my left is Wyatt, and over to the right is Tarek. And guys, uh, thanks for joining the podcast, first of all. And uh, let me just start right out of the gate. Congratulations on the state championship in track. And, you know, just tell us, you know, how that went that day you know, how you picked up the hardware and, you know, what clinched it for you? We had a great day. I mean, our mindset all day was to just come in and do our best. And we, uh, we were prepared to do that. So we came in, did our job and we got it. So I know coach Sawyer really throughout the season was really pushing us to be the best. And he knows that we were the best around and uh, at States. I mean, our relays were, phenomenal i mean very good and the four by one we were cooking pretty fast and i got the baton on the on the anchor leg and just took off i didn't know what was going to happen so i mean it ended pretty well i'd say and it was it was amazing it was fun this is a little bit of a funny question but as somebody who i was never fast never a superior <laughs> athlete you guys you're mentioning how you're walking up on this track meet state me and you guys are the best guys out there Flat out, what's it like to be fast? You know, as you're pulling away on that four by one in the anchor leg, leading it, what does that feel like? I've, I've never experienced it. I mean, it's it's nerve wracking. It's exciting because you know, like most of the meets we go to, I'm usually either winning the hundred or placing top one or two. So I know I'm fastest out there. But there's there are some guys there that could actually run, and I was uh, I was a little nervous, but I knew that my other guys on the four by one team could get it done and trusted them and you know took off and it's all that happened but yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty fun to be fast get to move yeah. around pretty quick yeah yeah that's that's a nice advantage to have in any sport that you play to have that kind of top top end speed like you guys do i wanted to ask about football i've got i've got a couple of pitchers from now 20 years ago back when i was playing 
you know, you guys will be there soon. I, I appreciate the time that you have right now. Take advantage of every moment that you have practice and everything like that. So it's crazy to think 20 years ago is when I was playing, Ted, you're even longer than that, but um, oh, yeah. I wanted to ask about football. So obviously you guys got a lot of recruiting going on and, you know, a lot of success already, and you've got a big year coming up. What's kind of the mindset that you have heading into the season? I mean, is the goal state championship or do you have some other goals that you want to build up to or, you know, kind of what, what right now, you know, we're, we're recording in mid June is your, is your mindset for the football season? coming? Uh, yeah. Like right now, I think personally, I think we're more fundamentally sound than last year and we have better athletes coming in from last year, returning guys. We only lost three guys on defense. So we got most of the guys returning on defense. Offense is looking good. So, I mean, right now, I, our goal is to go undefeated in the season and hopefully compete for that state championship like we did in track and see what happens. Yeah, I would say the same. I mean, I have full confidence that – because we've only won a district, so me and Tarek, our sophomore year, won a district. And my goal is to win another district and a regional and a state title. So that's my goal this year. Um, just really push the guys and have a great season. I would I would say there's no reason not to have that as your goal, you know, given everything else that you guys have already accomplished. I mean, yes, Corona isn't stacking up state championships in football. So that that's kind of where my question is is going to come. You know, you guys you guys know everyone on this podcast is very proud Corona Cavalier alums. I mean, you guys will be alums. Um proud of to have played football. Your dad also, your your dad was kind of back more in my day. He was I had some siblings um up around when he was playing so i remember watching your dad play so you you know corona football you know the history what would it mean to you guys to your family to you know your opinion to the community if you could get to ford field and bring a state championship in football to corona that would that'd be unbelievable i mean my dad did play here grandpa's went here my great grandpa's went here so it's we're trying to build a legacy and I mean, it'd be amazing to me just to top it off. So, yeah. I mean, uh, for like, since we won the state championship in track and all the people gathering around and so, and congratulating us, I think if we did it in football, it'd be even bigger, you know, because this town really dies off football. That's what I feel. Like, everybody knows football. Everybody loves it around here. And it just brings everybody together, especially with the new field and that we're getting. Definitely help. You, you know, nothing against the track parade through town, you know, with a fire fire engine and all that. I mean, it would be just absolutely spectacular if you did it in football, no doubt. Now, both you guys are tremendous athletes. We've already established that. What do you need to do this summer, you know, to make that step up and be ready to go in the fall? You got kind of a difficult schedule. You know, you got a lot of road games this year. You do have Goodrich at home. But what do you got to do, you know, to, to attack the regular season? I would say just keep keep what we're doing, like doing what we're doing and get all the guys on the team on the same mindset that we are. Mm-hmm. We need to figure out what our goals are and accomplish those. So we need to work summertime and beginning of practice to accomplish those goals and be prepared to accomplish them. I mean, I just being like, there's some guy. there's most of the guys are returning. So I'd say just working on our craft more, like for me going to camps, and being recruited, I, I've talked to a lot of coaches and they've given me a lot of input about like wide receiver stuff. So I've been trying to talk to the guys on our team about wide receiver and fundamental stuff, trying to work on it with them getting better. So yeah, uh, 
I mean, I'm just trying to help coach, be a player too, and make everybody better. And going way back, uh, I've always wondered this back, you know, back in the day when you know we used to have these quarterback workouts early in the morning. Why it used to be there, I always wondered this. How did you guys decide who was going to be the quarterback, who was going to be the wide receiver, <laughs> running back? How, how did that work out way back when? Well, I would, I don't know. In youth football, I guess I just wanted to be quarterback really bad. And uh, I mean, he was the backup, but he didn't really like it as much as me. I guess right. I just kind of picked it up, but yeah, I just loved it from when I started doing it. And I remember those workouts in the morning, you were you know, up like in high school and I was just little, little guy. So it was, it, I looked up to you a lot. So it means a lot. It was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I could tell, I mean, everybody knew how good you guys are going to be. It's, it's gotta be, feel pretty surreal uh, to get to this level, to, to be heading into your senior year. I mean, that's the best time of your life. It, it, you guys should be really excited about this summer uh in this fall but what's it been like seeing all the kind of outside accolades you know the offers you guys are showing up at state meets you're dominating that is it kind of surreal to be where you're standing right now heading into your senior year could it be any better well it could always do better right always have more stuff going on but i mean i try not to get too i don't know caught up in it yeah too caught up in the action going on i try to stay on level ground and you know just you know stay on earth and work on my uh, craft every day and keep getting better. So, yeah, I would say, I mean, the offers are great, everything, but we're, we're still in high school. We just still need to accomplish our goals. I mean, I have goals that I need to accomplish. So all that's great and everything, but we still got work to do. So, yeah. Going back to last year, uh, I mean, the, the game, the team that ultimately knocked you guys out of playoffs was uh, Portland. And I mean, going back to even when I was a player, Portland's always been that tough nose. Uh, even a year before you guys play them, they just knocked off DeWitt, who ended up going all the way back to Ford Field and D3. What did you guys learn from that game, knowing that that's probably a similar type team you guys will need to beat, you know, in districts or even regionals to hopefully maybe make a push to Ford Field? What did you guys learn in that game? Yeah, I mean, me personally, I just, I just feel like I need to focus on what I'm doing more. They were tough, and defensively, we didn't, we didn't game plan enough for that because they had a great running game. We did not get on for that. So, And offensively, I mean, they were tough. So we just got to figure out what we're going to do to overcome. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, were, we weren't too far. The score was pretty close, if I remember. Yeah. And uh, it just it comes down to, you know, big plays. They made, they had a couple big plays from the running back, and we couldn't stop him and produce that many. So and we made a lot of mistakes, and the game comes down to mistakes at the end of it. So – Whoever makes less mistakes, you know, wins the game usually. So, yeah, I think we all know sometimes a lot of luck is involved. But yeah, that good question from Jared because yeah, I'm sure it was a learning experience for you guys heading into. I mean, it, it's such an advantage for you guys to have so much talent coming back, like you just described with all that experience. So yeah, I just can't imagine the conversations that you guys are having in the weight room. And at camps, seven on sevens, everything like you just said to try and get on the same page and be like, hey, guys, we this is this honestly, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. This stuff doesn't come around very often in Corona. Ted would be the first one to tell you that. I mean, my team went nine and oh back in 2002, the last team at Corona to go nine and oh. I do like to bring that up every once in a while on the podcast. But, um, you know, like this, a team like what you guys have doesn't come around that often in, in Corona. So I'm just. You know, I'm excited to see what you guys do this fall and, and see how far you guys can take it. I want to ask about, yeah. um, you know, you, you guys, you're probably the type of athletes that could be good at whatever you do. If you wanted to pick up the baseball bats, you could probably be good at baseball. If you wanted to get on the wrestling mats, you could probably be good in wrestling. Have you guys ever actually thought about 
focusing just on one sport saying no basketball, no track, we're going all in on football or maybe all in on basketball or whatever. Has that ever been something you guys thought about? Because my opinion, I, I think there's too much value in playing multiple sports. The skill that you get from track, the skill that you get from basketball translates on the football field and everything else you guys want to do. But I'm curious if, if that's ever been a thought for you guys. Well, yeah, I mean, I haven't really thought about that because I've been playing multiple sports all my life. And um, I feel that playing multiple sports is just more beneficial to your body because you're not using the same muscles mm -hmm. all year round. You're training all different kinds of muscles and you're doing different things. So I feel like that just gets you better for every other sport coming up. So, yeah. I mean, like for track, it helps me with football because I'm in condition already. And I don't have to worry about getting, you know, my legs back under me. That's why I like track and, you know, just running in general, you sprinting, it just makes you faster. I, I feel, I feel mm -hmm. like I get faster every time I sprint and helps me in football. And I feel like it's good. Yeah. Something we were all jealous of. Uh, you mentioned a little bit earlier playing on the new turf at, at the Nick and East <laughs> field. I remember back in my day, it was, it was so wet and muddy and sloppy by the end of the year. It almost didn't feel fair that we were playing on it. Mm -hmm. What was it like breaking that in? Uh, at the first game you guys played there this year, how much faster did you feel on that turf? I, it was it was nice. I mean, that's like the first time I've really played on turf like that before. It was brand new, and we broke it in pretty well with that win against Fowlerville, so <laughs> it felt pretty good. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that sucks about it is the turf burns, but yeah. Yeah. those go away. But uh, it's better than a muddy mess like at Kersley two years ago. That was right. not fun. Yeah, but, that was terrible. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it was pretty fun. It was pretty cool. You know, my dad made us, me and White, a bet. First one scoring the new field, I won it. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful home field for sure. And you, you brought up your dad. Uh, I know Dustin and your mom, both really outstanding athletes back in their youth, you know. So, uh, like you said, you got four generations right now cruising through the Corona system and, and being standout athletes. But uh, uh, what kind of influence, you know, specifically have your mom and dad been, you know, and I know you got a chance to kind of rub it in Dustin's face a little bit on taking a record from track. That must have been kind of cool too, huh? Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool because a couple of weeks a couple of weeks before we broke at the state meet, we were really close at the honorable meet, and I – told him that we were going to get it. I told him and he didn't believe me, but I told him, but yeah, they, they've been a big part. I mean, they've really been guiding us through the whole thing, the, the recruiting, some workouts and all that. So they've been a really big part for us. And I really uh, value that. I mean, yeah, for my, for my dad, he's, he's been with us since what third grade flag football before third grade, always coaching us, always right. helping us getting better. And, you know, it's always nice to have a, a guy, a figure in your life that pushes you to be the best that you can. And he, he always made us do the hard workouts because he knew it would pay off. And it looks like it's paid off pretty well. So, yeah. I'd say it's working out pretty well so far because um, I was going to yeah. bring up college recruiting. And, you know, without getting you guys in any trouble with the MHSAA, um, what what kind of things I know you, you mentioned before that you want to focus on high school. And I think that's really cool. You still have a lot of goals to accomplish this season or, you know, your whole senior year. So I, I think that's really cool, but I want to ask about the recruiting process. Do you guys have any, anything that you're looking for specifically not to like spill the beans, but are you guys trying to stay together wherever one of you go? Are you, do you want to be a package deal, I guess, or are you guys just going to see, see how it plays out? 
I I really want to play with him. So I would say yes to that question. Yeah, I want to be a package deal with him. So, yeah, that would be like both great. ways. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it would be. Yeah, because yeah. it would always be nice to have someone to that you know, like we room together in our dorms, right. or you're not having to make new friends or anything. Right. But yeah, you always have someone there if you need something. So yeah. I, I don't want. Yeah, again, not sorry, Jared, to cut you off. I not not to. I don't want you to overstep any boundaries. But you did see a, a fellow Corona alum was just at the White House mm. after winning back-to-back national titles. I did. Um, is that even a possibility or is that like, is that on the radar a little bit, you know, maybe heading up the big rapids or do you, are you guys, yeah. and you're still looking to see how it plays out? Yeah. Right now. I mean, my recruiting's wide open, so I'm still thinking right now, but I haven't really made, I haven't made a decision yet, but yeah, I'm yeah. still thinking about it. So yeah, say yeah. What I mean. yeah. Yeah. I know. I know coach and would love to have you guys both. I mean, any coach really would. So this is kind of a weird question, but I asked around a little bit and I couldn't get a straight answer. It sounds like you guys kind of trade off sometimes. Who's faster? If you guys line up in the race, who's going to win? I would say <laughs> seven out of the ten times he would win, but that three he, times I would I would get him. It, it, okay, yes, but it, it would always be. It's always a race. It's always, always, close. always, always. Is it? So. Is it? Is there a difference in pads on the football field versus on the track? Who's got the better football speed? Who's got the better track speed? Ah, good question. Ooh. I don't know. That's a tough one. That's it a is, tough one. It's tough. Cause I, I feel like football speed and track speed is different. Yeah. Because some guys can be fast on the track and some dudes cannot cannot be fast on the football field. I feel so. like we're both pretty fast on the football field. Yeah. So I always like to lie to myself. I think that's what slow guys do in track. You say that you're fast on the football field because there's not really any way to, yeah. to gauge it. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's the way I like to roll. Yeah. Um, do you, what is it like competing against each other? Do you think it brings out the best in both you guys? Or like what's it like when you guys are stepping to the line and you're, you're running against each other? Yeah, for sure. We Before every 100, we'd always talk trash to each other right before we get in the box <laughs> every single meet. It was it, it's great because we always just push each other. That's why we succeed because we just push each other every single meet, every single every single thing we do. We push each other, and that makes us better, both of us. So, I mean, since I had the injury in basketball, in the first couple of races coming back at track, he'd always he beat me. So I was kind of fed up with it. Yeah. So I finally stood up and took care of him. So <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of taking care of him, I mean, growing up as as close as you guys are, obviously twins. How many fist fights did you have growing up? <laughs> I mean, we used to. I mean, not many fist fights, but we used to, you know, get at each other a little yeah. bit. Yeah, but it's it's pretty mellowed out now. We just <laughs> yell at each other, and it's all over with. I don't, well, yeah, you guys, I don't you guys need each other on the football like, field. Yeah, yeah. I don't really recollect ever having fist fights, but we've always had. It got pretty close a couple of times, but it wasn't ever really fist fights. So okay, yeah. Uh, well, I got one last question for you guys. Um, I look back on my high school days, and even Matt, you know, they used to throw the ball a lot. We threw it a decent amount, but you guys really can air it out on a different level than than my teams or any other Corona teams in the past ever could. What do you guys like about having you know, Tarek, you're out on the perimeter, why you're throwing the ball? I mean, do you think you guys could throw on basically anybody out there? Uh, yeah, I I feel like we could because. I mean, last year, I mean, not to hate on everybody, anybody, but not very many people could stop me on the street. Right. So, I mean, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool because I think he knows where I'm going to be and I know where he's going to throw the ball. So it's just that connection that we have. And yeah, I feel like we could beat anybody. Yeah. I, it's pretty nice having him out there because I know I can rely on him to, because yeah. I know he's going to be open. So, yeah. 
I can just rely on him to make a play when I need him to. So it's great. That's such a such a receiver answer. I, I can definitely appreciate that that answer. Just just throw me the ball every time, and I, I've got your back. Um, you see quarterbacks roll their eyes when you answer like that sometimes. Um, you guys play for Coach Herrick, and he was my head coach. I, w- I was going to ask a similar question than, w- than what Jared asked. Um, I don't know if, like, your dad or anyone that you talk to, your grandpa, anyone in, like, previous Corona generations, Ted knows Corona used to be very ground and pound. I mean, establishing the run, that that's Corona's identity. I was basically going to ask the same thing that, that Jared asked. Like, do the evolution of what high school football has become – especially for Corona, does that excite you guys? I mean, especially, you know, as a receiver and a quarterback, it has to, but you know, do you guys, is there, is there different kind of offenses you want to run? Do you watch colleges and see maybe different things you want to do? Or does coach Eric give you guys input, you know, just kind of offense all in general? Like what, what do you look for? I mean, he likes, he likes to run the ball a lot. Yeah. He's more a running guy and our offense coordinator, Asiello, he likes, yep more of a mix he likes to throw the ball too because he knows he can throw the ball so um i mean i obviously i like to throw the ball but running the ball most of the time ends up pretty well because you got Jaden back there he's a pretty big boy back there so i I trust him too so yeah yeah what he was going on um yeah it's it's evolute like over time it's just gotten more airing it out so like yeah especially football so a lot of passing more, not much run game, but like back in the day, a lot of run. Yeah. I see a lot of like um, wishbone and all that stuff. So yeah. now that we're airing it out, I, I really like the pass game and we still run the ball a lot. So it's great. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your team just a little bit. You know, Jared will be the first to to say it. I mean, his his big guys he had up front, that offensive line on his team was outstanding. You guys have a good offensive line too. And, you know, that, how important it is it for, like they say, in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Yeah, it's it's really important. That's the baseline, because if you don't have a line, then you're not gonna be able to move the ball. So we need we have a really good old line this year coming back, and I I feel really good about it. So, who are who are some of the key guys on your on your team that you're looking for uh, to kind of give you guys you know to help push you guys over the edge and, and reach the goals you want to? I know Jay Eddington's a really good running back. Who who are some other players that you have or that are some studs uh, for you guys? Uh, Bryce Eddington, his brother's coming back from last year. He's he's still. He'll be a junior, but he's still developing. He's still getting better, and I, he'll be really good by the time he gets senior year. And uh, Parker Isham's another running back who's pretty good. I would say some of the kids coming up from JV, there's some potential there too, like Caden Cowdery, Lucas Curran, all those guys coming up. Caden Cowdery will probably start at safety with me. So he's got a lot of potential, and we're just going to coach him through it and get that experience. Because experience from junior year to senior year, because junior year felt like really fast to me. Especially yeah. at the quarterback position, really fast. So it, it'll definitely slow down this year. But yeah, just looking forward to getting those guys to where they need to be. That was always something that was that was told to me that your your the jump between junior and senior year it's, it really slows down. It and it, it is true. Mm-hmm. So I, it's going to be exciting to see what you guys uh, do out on the field this year. So uh, we're all rooting for you here at Three Point Podcast. So thanks again for coming out, fellas. Absolutely. Yeah, Ted. Thank Ted's, you. Appreciate you know, it. He's, Ted's semi-retired from the broadcasting games. He's hoping you guys make a run to Ford Field so he can he can keep yeah. following you guys along that run. Let's yeah, well, let's just plan get, on it. Let's plan on it. Oh, <laughs> definitely. Well, we appreciate it, guys. And you know, be be kind to the old guy. That interception record's just hanging out there. You know, I'm I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. Don't you're gonna get it. I'm gonna get all it. right. I'm gonna get it. Why come has, sh- has already broken all my records? So I can't. Even <laughs> <think>. <laughs> I'll come shake all your right. hand. 
All right. All right. Good. Hey, fellas, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us here. Appreciate we look it. forward to a big season. You know, I'm sure every night your mailbox has letters in it. It's, it's got to be uh, kind of interesting to see that. But we'll be following you along. All right. Good luck to you. Sounds good. Appreciate it. All right. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankard Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. All right, guys, that was just great to, to hear from Wyatt and Tarek Bauer. I mean, you know, just the comment I have is you don't always see kids do this. You could see at a very, very young age they were special and yeah. they've just developed and grown all the way through. And, you know, it, it's very cool to, to talk to them. Yeah, definitely cool. I, I know you, you've definitely, you, you guys have both talked to them, Jared, you have, you've practiced with them, you know, they were, they were young when you were coming through, but that was my first time having an interaction like that with them. So very cool to see they handle themselves. Well, obviously very confident, which is big, <laughs> you know, that, that's important too. And um, you know, we were, we've, we've talked a little bit off air it, it's super cool to see. I kind of alluded to it a little bit in the interview. Corona, and it's no shot at Corona. We we love Corona. I think it's a very like storied mid-Michigan football program, you know, but it doesn't have stuff like this very often where I, going into the season, there's legitimate Ford Field aspirations. I mean, mm-hmm. they've got everything coming back. I don't know if they really have any position that you could say is like necessarily, you know, weak. And experience like they said they've played a lot of football together a lot of playoff football too so it's one of those things man for for the town of corona it, it's super exciting I, I can't imagine the excitement that there's going to be at nick and east field and i'm, I'm going to be definitely every friday i'm going to be keeping tabs and seeing what's going on because that that's going to be a heck of a team it's going to be a heck of a team yeah it's been really fun to watch them develop and grow over the years you know from when they were little tykes to up until now i mean they're just two really good dudes so we appreciate them for coming on and you know you never want to put the pressure of ford field on you know some young high school kids i just hope that they have a great um fun year which i'm sure they will you know whether win or lose but i know that they're thinking about ford field so that's always cool to hear and we'll be there rooting for them all every step along the way yeah, they'll one have of those fun. things too, Jared. You you kind of mentioned it a little bit about. I think we both maybe kind of did, but um, just the excitement. You know, when you see them and you, you kind of like go back to your, you know, that that summer before your senior year, where you're, you know, they were mentioning they got seven on sevens in camp and all this other stuff. You know, you start to kind of remember that, and you don't want to get like too preachy to them and sound like a dad or whatever. But you almost want to be like guys, because I'm sure they're hearing it from their dad and everyone else. But you want to be like. Man, try and soak up every moment of this that you can because, I mean, Wyatt kind of said, you know, his junior year went by like that super fast. It's going to happen, too, with the senior year. Even if they make a run to Ford Field, that season is going to fly by. And next oh, thing yeah. you know, it, I mean, they're, they're going to be playing in college. You know, for people like us, the last time you played high school football, that was the last time. So it's just you, you almost want to say a few times, like, try and stay in the moment. Try and, like, right. soak this up and try and – take advantage of this because it doesn't happen. It yeah. does, this kind of thing does not happen very often. And Jared, you're, you're probably starting to relive it. Ted, you know, 
I, I know too. This, these are the kind of things you talk about with your buddies for the rest of your lives. You know, those guys that you play with 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years. I mean, Ted, your dad was still talking to the the guys that he played with, you know? Absolutely. So it's like, well, it's like this, this is the, these are memories that you're going to remember the rest of your life, literally the rest of your life. This is stuff you're going to remember. And, well, and you just hope that, the, and I think they, they understand that. I mean, obviously they're going to yeah. play a little bit, a lot more football than, than we did after high school. Right. Um, right. But, um, my favorite part of that whole thing was hearing Tarek talk about how he's been trying to pass on some of the knowledge that he's learning, you know, out at these camps and all that sort of thing to these other wide receivers. And that would be, you know, my challenge to those two guys is very, they're both very, very good players. Obviously both great guys. I would want, you know, something I wish I would have known a little bit more about when I was a player and I look back on with a little bit of regret. How can you bring, you know, your entire team with you to the, right. to the next step? I mean, these three months are so critical to a high school football season. Um, so how can they bring not only themselves to the next level, but bring as many guys on that team with them as they can? That, yeah. That's yeah. a challenge for those two guys. That's yeah. going to be the challenge. And I think I think from watching this team in the core of the last few years, last two or three years, I think they've got it together. You know, they don't need a whole heck of a lot of encouragement, just a little push. That's why you have captains, right, to, yeah. to help the coaches. And this team, especially the seniors, they know what's in front of them, and they know they need to avoid – the distractions, if you will, right. and just concentrate right. on what's in front of them. And they got a great opportunity and I'm sure they'll do it. And it's going to be fun to watch. I think one thing that, yeah, kind of like what you were, you were all kind of saying, but we're, we're mid June and what the football season, if you make it to Ford field goes through November, Yep, that's five months of your life, man. That's five months. So, right. If, if you can put aside some of those distractions and maybe some of those things that would take away from the work you're putting in or, you know, some of that stuff, it's a very small opportunity that you have that, you know, for the rest of your life, you're going to think about. And, you know, it's not like you said, Jared, they're going to go on and play in college wherever they decide to go. I'm, I'm, I'm right. excited to see that, too. Um, but this this is something that, you know, they could the community, like you said, Ted, when we were talking to him, the track thing was cool. I remember the community following us around, Jared. You, you probably definitely remember the community following you. I, I remember the community following us around to uh, Breslin for our basketball season. Oh yeah. If football, it's kind of like what we say with Detroit sports, you know, the Tigers are cool. Pistons are cool. But if the lions ever made it to the super bowl, Detroit sports yeah. will like implode yeah. because it's football and it's the lions. It's, I think it's kind of the same with Corona. If they made a run to Ford field, I don't, there would be nobody left in the town of Corona. They would all be at Ford field. Wouldn't that be awesome, man? I mean, I would fly back. I think I would fly saying, back and go. It's a football. Yeah. yeah, that's something you you have to. It's your it's your it's your duty as a Corona football alumni to be there for that. One hundred percent. No, they, they were exactly right when they said. I mean, Corona's a football town. It really is. I mean, we've had more success in basketball over the years, but I mean, nothing, nothing, nothing gets the community excited more than a, than a good football team. Friday night lights, baby. Oh. Nothing like it. Yeah. All right, we'll be back with a little bit more right after this. Looking to buy items online? Go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. All right, let's uh, let's take a little short sports potpourri. Let's just jump right into the Tigers. Jared has his hat on. Uh, you know, since I went 
and saw them play Texas, a 3-2 win. I think they've last lost victory. nine in a row now. That was the last victory, yep. Have um, not won in June. <laughs> brutal, man. It sucks. I mean, they, the thing that it kills me is I, I really do enjoy all the guys in the team. I think it really is a fun bunch that has, has a good time, and they seem like good dudes, and we like Hinch, and, and we think Scott Harris has the right plan. It's just, it's just. I think we got a little carried away with the start of the year. Obviously, the injuries have hurt us. I mean, Riley Green getting injured, deflated. Seems like everybody in the state of Michigan, man. Yeah. Um, so it's. I don't want to grade them too harshly because we know it's it's a rebuilding year, and obviously, when you lose your best player who led the entire MLB uh, in batting average in May, I mean that's a big blow. Um, yeah. So it, it just, it's just brutal. I, I, they gave us a good run. The season's far from over, but, man, it's just been a rough week. It's been a rough month, man. I mean, just got to get that win. You just hope that they get that right. win. They've had a few blown leads. Um, if they just get that one win, hopefully they can get something back rolling. But it's just – it's tough. Yeah. I don't, I don't think the Riley Green injury should be understated. I mean, he was playing really well, like you mentioned, and he's the table setter. You know, he got that offense going – the little bit of offense that the Tigers had. And, you know, he was like the leader of the defense basically in the outfield, you know, he, he was a huge part. So that, that injury is huge. Um, Erod got hurt. They had some other injuries obviously too. So, you know, I said it, I don't know, a few weeks ago or, you know, whenever the, the bad offense was going to catch up to them at some point, they were kind of getting by, you know, the, the pitching was mm-hmm. really doing well. And they were just eking by in a lot of wins. You know, they'd get a couple of runs here or there, but they were still at the bottom of the league in every offensive category. They still are, and it's clearly catching up to them now. I mean, Spencer Torkelson, they're they're currently losing right now to the Braves. I'm surprised you're not working, Jared. Um, but Spencer Torkelson's hitting 227. I mean, he's supposed to be like the guy that he's supposed to be like the all-star. He's supposed to you be know, number one pick. Um, Baez obviously he's he's at 218 right now so I mean it's just these are the guys that are supposed to be up around 300 or above 300 and hitting a bunch of home runs driving in runs and it's just not happening so yeah I mean Hinch's big challenge right now especially after this nine game losing streak and this stretch of tough teams they're playing he's just got to kind of somehow pull them together finish respectable you know and kind of look to next year I mean we know this year is pretty much done yep yeah, yeah, because that like for a while they were kind of hanging around in the central. We yeah. kept mentioning how bad the central was, but now they're just falling back. They're I mean, like 10 days ago, they were a game under 500. It, right. no. like 10, 11, 12 days ago, they were a game under 500. It's it's really turned quick. Can I just be, I'm going to be the positive beam of light that I think okay. the podcast needs right now. <laughs> I think the Tigers are very close. Here's why. I think what we've seen this year where we created away all these bullpen pieces, right? And we have our very good pitching coach, Chris Fetter. I really do think that whatever you give him, he's going to get the best out of those pitchers. We've seen it where Eduardo Rodriguez, you know, earlier this year before he got hurt. I mean, he was pitching as good as anybody in baseball. Michael Lorenzen's almost having uh, like one hell of a season this year. Alex Lang's had a couple of rough starts or rough uh, appearances lately, but he just won reliever of the month. These are guys that, you know, weren't very super highly her- heralded guys. And we have all these other, you know, young arms that they can stay healthy and Mize and Scooble and Manning, where I really do think the Tigers pitching could be elite as soon as next year. And you just hope if we can get a couple more bats in the lineup, I think a couple good bats in the lineup added to this current roster with everybody healthy. I think it's a really good team. I just, it's, it's tough when you're already kind of short staffed and then you have all these tough injuries uh, to go along with it this year. I mean, it's just at some point, <laughs> You, you, you can hang on for so long when you're healthy, but I mean, 
injuries are a big deal, and I don't think we can overlook it. Yeah, it's, it's the easy thing to do is to point and say, you know, they're struggling, they're not very good. But, I mean, they're missing so many key players, it's almost hard to gauge it. Yep. 100%. Yeah, and there's no one in the farm system either. <laughs> so right. it's not like you've got a few guys in the minors. Like you saw, the Reds just brought up what looks like the next best player in the major leagues in De La Cruz, and it's just like the Tigers have no one like that in their farm system. So just got to hope they can sign a couple guys and some of these young guys turn it on. Yeah. Well, let's, let's We've move been it from... that for 10 years. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Hey, at least, at least the Cabrera era did take them to a couple of world series. They didn't yep. win the world series, but they at least got a couple. So maybe they can, maybe they can make that next step in the next couple of years. We'll see. Yep. Um, going from the tigers to NBA finals, you know, we're recording this on Monday night. The series could be over as yeah. Denver has a three, one lead at home now. I mean, it's been just impressive watching them play. You know, it looks like the heat, maybe just not going to have quite enough, but uh, this is an impressive nugget team. <laughs> They're freaking good, man. Jokic is incredible. Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. we, we, we don't need, uh, people don't need us to say that to, to believe it. I mean, holy cow, every game, it's like he makes the perfect decision every time he has the ball, every time the Nuggets are on offense, they, they seem to be getting a great shot almost every time. This is something that's going to make me sound like a loser NBA fan. The finals don't feel as big this year. It just, it's because, I think it's because one, we have, there's no LeBron. And I'm a huge LeBron fan, so whenever he was in it, I always had a big-time rooting interest. Uh, there's no Steph Curry, who you guys know I'm not the biggest fan of, so I always was able to root against him in the past whenever LeBron wasn't there. Is it just me? I think even if the Celtics would have made it to the finals this year, like it would have felt big. Maybe it's just me. I, I think I'm the idiot that you know I'm complaining like, oh, this isn't your, well, this basketball isn't good enough for you. Jokic is maybe the best player in the NBA. It's not good enough for you. I can't change my brain. And that's how my heart feels is that I just, it, I've been tuning into the games, but it just doesn't feel the same. doesn't have the same oomph as when there's that star power in it. And I know that's a lame thing to say. People complain about the TV ratings and stuff like that. We shouldn't care about that. But there is something to be said about a guy like LeBron or a Steph Curry who has that sense of showmanship uh, and watching them on the biggest stage. And I just think we're missing that a little bit this year. What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree. If, if you're an NBA fan, and I guess if you want to say it, like if you appreciate basketball, then yeah, you, you'll you be enjoying these finals because the Nuggets and, and Jokic are just in, incredible to watch how good they are. So efficient. And I mean, they swept the Lakers and they probably should have swept the Heat, you know. So if you appreciate basketball and you're an NBA fan, then, then you, you're enjoying these finals. But right, there's no huge storyline because the Heat, yeah, it was a cool story, but you know, it was going to kind of catch up to them at some point. They were going to run against a team that was just flat out better than them. The Celtics were just a mess. That's why the Heat were able to get by them. Um, so, you know, the Heat doesn't really drive drive ratings necessarily. Not only the Steph thing, but people just either love or hate the Warriors. So mm-hmm. people are going to watch the Warriors. People are always going to watch LeBron. You know, even someone as exciting like the, the Suns with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, CP3. That would have been a little more of an exciting team to watch it's almost like it's almost like the nuggets are just too good like say if the if the heat had kind of stretched this to six or seven games maybe people would have watched those last couple games but i think after game one two definitely you know now up three one people are like this is just a foregone conclusion the nuggets are going to win this thing they're so much better so yeah you know it's been fun to watch and they're it looks like they're setting up for a little bit of a dynasty because they're young they've got two superstars and they've got a lot of really good role players so the Nuggets, they're they're going to be around for a bit, it seems like. 
It looks like it. And I, I, I do enjoy watching it. I mean, I, I Murray, I really didn't oh, know right. a whole lot about him. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a great player, man. He's elite. And then yep. I'm just fascinated with Joker. I mean, I'm just yeah. fascinated watching him every time he touches the ball, how damn good he is, you know? I mean, he's just unreal. So yeah. that part I'm not disappointed on, but I think Jared, your take, it's legit as far as what are the TV ratings? They got to be down, aren't they? I, uh, I haven't seen I haven't, what I would imagine. Yeah, I haven't seen either. Um, w- one thing on the NBA I want to throw out there at you, especially Matt, I'm just going to start this rumor ahead uh, of Monty <laughs> Williams getting announced as uh, the head coach for the Detroit Pistons tomorrow on Tuesday. Chris Paul, there's some rumors. He might, oh. he might have been waived. He, he maybe wasn't. He might still sign with the Suns. Sounds like it was maybe the Suns just putting out a feeler about him potentially getting waived. I understand he's in you know the last you know twilight of his career. But tell me it wouldn't be awesome to get him somehow, some way, into a Pistons uniform to mentor our, our young two guards and Jaden Ivey and Cade Cunningham. The similar way that he did in Oklahoma City with Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And he could even reunite with his for the third time now in his career with Coach Monty Williams. It's too perfect. Uh, I've heard nothing about this. I've heard no reporting <laughs> about this. I don't think he's interested at all in that. He wants to win a title. But I'm just going to start the rumor on this, you know, national platform, three-point podcast. <laughs> Let's get CP3 in a Pistons uniform. What say you guys? No. Stay far away from that. The only reason, I, I mean, you guys know I'm not a CP3 fan. And and I get what you're saying because if he wanted to be a, in a mentor role, you know, type of thing and be reunited with a coach that he's had some success with, yeah, you know, that can make some sense. I don't think he wants anything to do with the Pistons. He wants to go somewhere that's a contender next year, and that's definitely not the Pistons. So I I highly, highly doubt your rumor is going to take off at all. (laughs) But also, I don't know if he's necessarily the type of mentor you want for Cade Cunningham and Ivy and some of these other guys because he hasn't won anything. I mean, he's going to be a Hall of Famer for sure. He's one of the best point guards ever. He's never won anything, though. So what is he mentoring on? how to punch dudes below the belt and get hurt in the playoffs. I mean, like what? I just, I, I don't think he's necessarily that kind of mentor. If it was someone like I, if the Pistons was, could draft Bronny and you could get LeBron to come there for a year. Uh, yeah. Do that, do that for sure. But no, listen, not CP3. you know, you guys know me, I'm the, me and Matt are anti. Uh, we're on the opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to CP3. My favorite <laughs> player, Matt's probably least favorite player. Uh, I do, I do, I can understand there is kind of a point of diminishing returns with Chris Paul. It seems like with a lot, I mean, he's been through a lot of teams now. He's a great leader. It seems like when he walks into a building like he did with the Suns, it immediately changes the franchise's, you know, competitive edge and how they practice and all that. But after, you know, two, three, four years, it does seem like he kind of wears thin on people. Um, right. And he'd be the first one to admit that, I, I believe. So yeah, I could I could see why you would say that. Again, it's just a wish upon a star. Uh, probably not going to happen, but just yeah. in my own personal world, I'd love to see it. Yeah, count count me out. So I'll just make <laughs> it that. Well, what, what, what's your reasoning? Well, he's for, I just don't see him as being that kind of mentor, and I don't think they need a they don't need him to be a mentor. I mean, just put the players out there, let the coach coach them, and let them play and learn the game. You don't need it. You don't need him. He hasn't. What's he? What's he shown? He's a decent player. He's no point guard, as far as I'm concerned. Hey, he's he's supposed to be the greatest point guard. Never, never won a championship. Never won a championship. Point guard. Come on. 
don't even listen. Just move on. It's not even close. Get me going. Yes. Now, all you guys did was now I'm going to come up with a whole resume for next podcast, and I'll I'll <laughs> that resume will we'll be missing one thing: NBA championship. What do you want him to do? Just just, just jump ship in the middle middle of his career, and you know, form a super team with LeBron. I mean, he didn't do that. You'd bitch about that if he did that. Wasn't he what on was a that? super team with Phoenix? He was I, on a super. I guess you could call that a super. How was that a super? It was him. Well, and that's a, a damn good team. Couldn't get them over the hump. I mean, he's thirty freaking eight years old. He's, he's oh yeah. Let's bring him into Detroit. Let's bring him I'm into Detroit. I'm not saying you bring him in and play him forty minutes a game. I'm saying you bring him in and he practices. He travels with Cade and Ivy everywhere. Brings yeah. him under his wing, man. Okay. He was on some super teams with the Clippers, with the Rockets, and with the Suns. Right. Well, att- uh, you guys will admit. I mean, we all saw it. I, I, there, I, listen, I can't back up his injuries. Obviously, he's had a yeah. lot of injuries. Yeah. That's just bad luck. I, I would say. I mean, he's also a small guy. I mean, he, he he pushes body to the limit. I can't I can't I can't make excuses for the injuries. But you guys remember they were up three two on Golden State when they had Kevin when they won uh you know whatever seventy three games, and he has an injury and you know they probably end up winning that series and who knows they might even end up winning the finals that year. But maybe we, don't don't get me going on Chris Paul go all night. So let's just move on. All right, we'll sounds move like on. sounds like a lot of what ifs. <laughs> hey, Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas figured it out. Yeah. I don't, and you know the old phrase. I mean, almost someone only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. So yep. uh, I guess you could, you could throw that on Chris Paul's career. Oh, he's yeah. he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I think the no the no championship thing is going to be a major knock on him. Absolutely, you know, in the overall discussion. Is he a Mount Rushmore point guard? No, in no my way. opinion, not mine. <laughs> uh, Magic Bob Cousy, right there. Listen, Magic and Isaiah for sure. Absolutely. Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Wasn't Oscar Robertson con- Walt Frazier, maybe Oscar guard? Robertson. Yeah. I mean, there's been some good ones. I'd, I'd put ahead of Chris Paul for sure. Ones there that won go. championships. Without even trying <laughs> to think about it, we just knocked him off. Culture, man. Enough of the yeah. stupid ring culture. It's not all about winning a ring. <laughs> it's all about winning a ring. I mean, it's all about winning Steph, a ring. What are you podcast, talking about? A few podcasts ago, you're loving Damian Lillard. Now he never leaves Portland. And now, you know, in a couple years, you'll be hating on him because he never won a ring. So. I'd take Damian over. Lillard over uh, CP3. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. He didn't ever want a ring. So what is I know, I, but I'd still take him. Portland. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's enough of that. Let's uh, let's wrap it up strong. Quick little uh, entertainment tonight. And then we'll be right back after this. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. I'm going to hijack your segment for a, for a quick minute here, Ted. Sure. I'll be quick. Uh, I just had to say this, man. I had I had sincere, you know, they call it FOMO, fear of missing out. I did miss out uh, this weekend when Taylor Swift came to town. 120,000 people packed in the fourth field over two days. Three-hour and 20-minute concert. It was all anyone talked about all week. The traffic uh, was unbelievable. Thank God I didn't have to work the Tigers game that night. Mm. Um, it was – I've never seen anything like it. Uh, you know, I, I imagine what it might have been like when, you know, Prince was in his heyday of the Beatles. I mean, right. I've yep. never seen a star like Taylor Swift. She could have sold out for 
a month straight at Ford Field, I think. I mean, the, the resale value of all these tickets, one, I'm surprised Ted didn't make an appearance there. Two, I'm surprised you didn't see the the cash grab you could have had if you got tickets and <laughs> re-pulled them. That seems right up your alley. Uh, but just what, what an event that was. Uh, and I feel like I'm going to regret it um, for, for a long, long time to come. It seems like a real significant culture moment. Uh, that's happening right now with this Eras tour, the friendship bracelets, uh, the people parking out in the parking lot, not even going to the concert, but listening to the music to the point where Ford Field had to put out a disclaimer, do not do that. There's nowhere to, you're not going to be able to hear the music. It's just, it's just crazy to me. Uh, I, and I just, I have to say it, I am sincerely regretting not getting tickets, no matter what the cost was. No, she, she's a megastar and I'd, I'd be curious to hear I mean, yeah, you, you said the Beatles, if, if Ted can think of somebody, you know, kind of through his days that had that kind of impact, Led Zeppelin. The, the one I can think of real quick, and I don't think he's necessarily on a Taylor Swift level. He's pretty big though, is Luke Combs. And we went to his, his first concert, but when he finally made it big, his first concert here in Charlotte, cause he's, he's from North Carolina yep. and it was, it was a big deal. It was his first time headlining a concert at a, you know, a major venue in, in basically his home state, you know? So that was a big deal. And it's similar. People were talking about it for months and tickets were like hard to come by. So we did go to So big deal, but you're, you're spot on because I know people from, from work, I'm trying to remember exactly what they did, but they were having to like, like months ago, they were getting on whatever website, like capital one's website or whatever it was. And like re refresh, refresh, yeah. refresh to try and get tickets, trying to get in the queue. People were, dropping thousands of dollars on tickets and all that kind of stuff. So the one thing about once in a lifetime opportunity that I kind of don't get, she's going to continue to tour. So I'm going to assume maybe she's not going to do the same thing next year, but there's going to be another tour. So is it once in a lifetime? You know, I, I get what you're saying, but there's going to be another chance to do, to go see her. Um, it is pretty crazy to see, you know, people can take shots at her music and, what genre is she? Is she country pop or, you know, whatever takes people want to make about her, but there's no doubt about it. She is a mega star. She is just everything about a mega star in the music industry. It oh, yeah, would be cool to go. She's top of the heap. There's no yep. question about it. I, I do agree with Jared. I mean, you know, you sometimes throw it at me. She's a little bit out of my, uh, my sweet spot as far as concert going goes. Uh, I don't know what the cheapest ticket was to get in, but you know we had talked about this on a previous pod. Maybe maybe uh, four or five hundred dollar limit. I mean, there was tickets going for a whole lot more than that. But I do agree with you, Jared, that you probably should have put a little more effort into it right from the get go and got on board, try to get a ticket because yeah. that's that's your age group, that's your kind of night. I mean, and it is epic. I mean. It, it, it was the crowd was unreal from the videos I saw. Everybody's yeah. got their phones out singing every word word and use. I mean, Swifty fans are they're one of a kind, right? Man. They really are. Um, but it's just crazy to show the impact it had on Detroit. Like I was talking to some of my coworkers went and Tin Roof, the, the bar right across the street from America Park. Usually you go there on a weekend, you just get in right right away free. It was fifty dollar entry fee. Oh, 50. That bar. So that was kind of mind blowing to hear that. Uh, wow. I saw someone say an economist or I don't know, someone uh, a reporter in Detroit said that the projections were that that weekend was going to have a bigger impact on Detroit than the NFL draft yeah. next year. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's mind blowing, man. It's it's. I'm gonna miss out. Here's the re Matt. You say she is gonna go on tour again. One that I mean, that is true. I just wonder. You know, I mean, she's throwing such heat right now with every album she puts out, every song. 
I just wonder, is this going to be the, the, you know, the prime is this yeah. like the number one tour that when you look back, I don't know what that was for Led Zeppelin uh, yeah. or whatever, Ted, you know, 1975 compared to the black 77. Athlete. It was 77 for sure. That's when they played the silver dome and sold that out. And they were selling out stadiums before anybody sold out stadiums. That's, that's the only one I can think of, obviously the Beatles, but you know, they were right at the very beginning of rock music and, you know, they did play some decent stadiums, Shea stadium, one of them, but yeah, I mean, Taylor Swift, you're right. You know, I, I get what you're saying. This could be the pinnacle uh, tour. She I know she's out again. Nothing for the all-time like attendance rate. Uh, I don't know yeah. how she's not going to set it. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. So yeah, it, it could be the, the greatest concert tour ever. Uh, it seems to be where it's heading. So I think part of it too. I, I don't. She hadn't toured in a few years, so right. This was almost like her return to yeah. touring. So that's part of it. So yeah, if she does next year in two years, not that it will have lost luster, but yeah, maybe it's, it won't be the same as this one. I, I think it's, you know, we all like music. Maybe Jared, I know you're not as big of a concert goer, definitely as Ted or even as me, but right. it's one of those, even if you're not a big Taylor Swift fan, it, the ticket would be expensive. So there is that, but yeah, it'd be worth yeah. going for the yeah. show and just going and enjoying Go sit up in the top if you have to and just enjoy the show. You know, yep. everyone's in cool outfits, getting all dressed up and stuff like that and having a good time. It, it would be fun. It's crazy, too, because I, I I think I tweeted out. I've probably told the story on this podcast before, but I remember working at FYE in college when her first album dropped. Nobody knew who this who she was, this Taylor Swift. We'd play the album in the store all the time. I knew every word to every song because we played that album over and over and over. And no one knew who Taylor Swift was. This, I think she was like 16 yeah, when 16. she broke, right? Trying to be a country star, you know, and all that. And they were like, who is this Taylor Swift? But, you know, everyone's all mad that she's trying to be in country. And now this is what she is. You know, it's just kind of crazy to see. You know, I still have that same kind of memory, man. I wasn't working at a store, but I remember seeing her for the first time on maybe one of the country music award shows or something, you know, when she was 16 years old, you know, had the long curly hair and, you know, just playing the acoustic guitar. And uh, she just, you could tell right then she had something going and especially being a songwriter. And that's yeah. where she just kills it. Yeah. You know? so well, she sang, she sang the national anthem at Ford Field yeah. on, on Thanksgiving. Yeah. She talked about that. Like, I think that was right. The very first thing she said at the show, I, I feel like a loser saying this, but Hey, it is what it is. I was watching like Snapchat updates and, and Twitter videos of this. That was what she said. Very first thing when she came on stage before a three hour and 20 minute show. Yeah. That, that, that was like her kind of big coming out party was playing Thanksgiving day lions game. Uh, and it's fun. It's what you It's crazy thinking about this. I have another person and friend I was talking to. They went to a concert to see her at Wharton center. In East Lansing, way back in the day. I mean, you imagine wow. seeing her at a small venue like that. Yeah, uh, I mean, what a cool. That's like something Ted would cherish for the rest of his life. So definitely here. Yeah, and it, you know, there's that epic photo too of her at Ford Field on Thanksgiving with Dan Campbell there, number eighty nine, standing in the uniform <laughs> right behind her. You yeah. know, it's pretty cool. Well, that's yeah. a that's a good take there, Jared. I like that. My my uh, little entertainment uh, input here. We talked about it before. Go taking your kids to the movies, right? To a children's movie. We were out in DC and took uh, Harper to go see the little mermaid, the new little mermaid. And, and I got to say, uh, it's very good. You know, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a takeoff on the, the, the animated version that was done a number of years ago, but this is live action. I think it was a big win. It was a little scary. It depends on the age group. Harper's five. It had a couple scary spots and it was loud, you know, but, yeah. uh, I would just, I just ran out of the gate being an adult 
watching this movie, it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of superhero movies. You know, it had kind of mm-hmm. the same take. Uh, the the, uh, the 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 presentation was really good. Uh, so I'd give it a solid two point uh, two point eight, even as an adult watching it. It was good. Did did the kids have any blowups during the mood during the movie? You had to escort them out, you know, crying or anything like that. No, a couple blowouts where uh, Harper had to scramble over and sit on Grandma's lap. It got a little loud a couple times, uh, <laughs> you know, a little scary. But uh, other than that, hung in there well. It was a one of those neat theaters, you know, where they have reclining seats, and yeah. uh, it, it was awesome. I, I enjoyed it. It was fun. I we're, we were already talking about taking the other granddaughters to a, see a movie down in the Detroit area. So it was a good experience. It's good when they have a little entertainment for the adults too. So it didn't bore me. I didn't fall asleep. All good. Yeah. That's basically what I've heard. Obviously there's the people who hate it because it's not the animated version. It's different and everything. So they're going to hate on it. Like with all these live action remakes that Disney is doing, Mm -hmm. but I'm excited to see it. At some point we're going to watch it because I do that. That's one of my favorite animated Disney movies, little mermaid. And, um, you know, they I I've liked all the live action remakes that they've done. I think yeah. they're cool. You know, it's they're not the same as the animated movies. You know, they try and make them like real realistic or whatever. So I, I I'm that kind of makes me a little more intrigued hearing your review of it. If you would if you would have said one point on the three point, <laughs> I would have been like, oh man. But no, and you know, you know who Melissa McCarthy is, right? Yeah, she plays Ursula, right? She plays Ursula and she yeah. steals it, man. She was fantastic. Uh, that was that's worth the popcorn right there. So what I think is, you'll enjoy is, it. What is uh what's your guys' um go-to movie theater snacks? I, I'm gonna guess I'm gonna guess both of yours. Ted, I know you are the classic, get the popcorn, load it up with butter, yeah, uh, get the MMs, dump her into the popcorn bucket, and maybe even a nice ice cold frozen coke on the side. And maybe even at a certain theater, like the one you were at this weekend, uh, maybe even a brewski on the side. Um, Matt, if I had to guess for you, you're kind, you seem like you know, the younger generation. You're like Sour Patch Kids, maybe, with some obviously some movies, movie theater popcorn as well, and obviously a frozen Coke, cherry flavor, if I had to guess. Hmm. Those pretty fair guesses. Close. Sour Patch Kids is spot on. That That is that's the candy I go to at the movie theater all the time. Big old box of Sour Patch Kids, popcorn. I've never been a fan of the like slushy, the frozen Cokes at a movie. Oh, like, like if I want to drink, I don't drink soda anymore. So, but I used to get a big old Coke to go with that movie theater popcorn because I, I don't want to drink a slushy. Same with the same with the beer. You know, a lot of theaters have started serving yeah. alcohol. I don't want to sit in a theater and drink like one beer. It's just going to make me have to pee. Either. It's going to make me tired. You know, I, I don't know. I've, I, I'm not going to do that. So, I, so now that I, I'm not drinking soda, um, I'd probably get like a high C, you know, some sort of like something like that, maybe. But no, popcorn, popcorn and Sour Patch Kids, spot on. Yeah, for me, it's popcorn for sure, not doused in butter, but about half, <laughs> half and half. Um, do you do the? Do you do the fill up the bucket halfway butter? Yeah, yeah, yep, I do that. And then it's the big bucket. So you know, sometime after the previews, it's already refilled back up. Yeah. And then uh, I definitely a slushy guy. I start okay. out with the Coke and then I mix in a little raspberry, whatever sounds good. I kind of make my own concoction. And then uh, usually I will don't tell anybody, but I usually like sneak in Butterfingers, little, little miniature right. Butterfingers. I should have known that. I, that. That was a big miss by me not coordinating in the fact that you definitely would sneak in snacks. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how I roll, baby. Butterfingers kind of a, 
interesting. interesting. Taste, though. I kind of gross with the popcorn sticks to your teeth. I, I, I don't know. know. That's not. I don't like that pick. But uh, butterfinger, huh? Yeah, I like my little, the little mini butterfingers too. Yeah, you know? I pictured you like being being an old school guy, like like an old school candy, like snow caps yeah. or or whoppers. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like all like old older people love whoppers. It seems I do like, like whoppers. I do <laughs> like whoppers. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a good whopper, both uh, both in the candy or the sandwich. <laughs> the sandwich. Yeah, it, you mentioned yeah going to the theater with kids. We've taken our daughter a few times, you know, to see movies, and it, it does change the experience a little mm-hmm. bit. Attention span. You know, you're probably going to be taking a bathroom break or two. Or, you two. Know, but mm-hmm. yeah. Just change it a little bit. It definitely does, but it's 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 all good. It's all yeah, it's good. Fun. All right, guys, let's uh, let's get out of here. Let's call this yeah. a podcast. This has been two sixty nine of the Three Point Podcast, presented by Memorial Healthcare's now Community Wellness Center and Skymet Cannabis. Skymet Cannabis farm to stash grown right here in the Great Lakes State. Over twenty locations and counting, especially with the new. Uh, store up in Traverse City. Check out the Skymet Reserve. That features exceptional profiles. They have uh, Michigan's best bundles for deals on flower vapes, pre-rolls, edibles, and extracts. Ounces as low as 49 bucks. Gift cards are available. If you're over 21, go to skymet.com and check it out. Also, Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center. If you're a youngster, stay on top of your game with a student membership. Get three months at a flat rate of $150. Start anytime. No enrollment fee. You can have use of everything, the beautiful SkyTrack, private shower, steam rooms, the uh, cardio exercise theater, including uh, treadmills, ellipticals, and free weights. Just get yourself in great shape before the school year starts. More details can be found online at memorialhealthcare.org. Also, thanks to our local partners, AZ Printing Solutions, CR Auctions, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. And again, thanks to Tarek and Wyatt Bauer of the Corona Cavaliers for the fun conversation. Good luck to them and the team as they head to uh, training camp and football right around the corner. Peace and love, everybody. Be kind. Thanks for listening. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.